Greetings everyone, Chief Yuya here. And of course here with another Chief Yuya uh, podcast. And I wanted to speak with you today about the um, identifying and the connection between our creative abilities and how we approach our spirituality. You know, and of course some may look at your creativity itself as a spiritual practice, but really our, our ability to cultivate uh, the artistic sides of us or the side of us, uh, which of course allows us to free up our imagination, can allow us to see a different sort of value um, for ourselves, of course, but a different sort of value coming forth in a world that becomes a bit more uh, living and that becomes more vivacious to us because of our ability to see a little bit more in it. You know, and when we're speaking about, or when I'm speaking about, because <laughs> I don't want to assume that we all take the same approach on this because we don't, you know, taking the same approach on spirituality. There's so many different ways to look at it. You know, it's why it's important to, to give opportunity to share perspective. And sometimes those perspectives do change, you know, and I will share as we're going into this, um, we have our retreat coming up. We, you know, we do seasonal retreats in Anu where we typically get away from the noise and the, the fast pace of our, um, activities, you know, our working lives. And also usually we get out of city centers and we take an opportunity to kind of just zero in on the, the needs and concerns of each other as a community and to commune, you know, check on the babies, see how the children are doing and let them know that they're a part of something larger and more uh, defined and structured than maybe just what they might assume, you know, and we just make sure that each other is moving with the motivational force that's required, you know, in order for us to navigate through um, all of our encounters and, and the world, right? So in that, you know, in those times of retreat, oftentimes because of the way we do it, we're at places where we don't have strong um, data signals, you know, digital data signals, rather. We get strong signals, <laughs> but not just digital ones, right? So um, what that allows for, of course, is the slowing down of, slowing down of things. We find a different kind of meaning and sitting still or a different kind of meaning and not being able to plug in, you know, uh, and not being able to plug into the rhythm and the demands of digital masters and unseen masters, you know. So uh caused me to think about it a little bit and to share some uh, insights on that and maybe how uh, you yourself could develop if you haven't developed a creative way or creative modality and how maybe you can do that to help bring um, a bit more meaningfulness into your experience and also to use it as a form of therapy whenever necessary. You know, so spirituality itself is it surrounds um, our search for meaning in life. You know, what is this this thing all about and how do we relate to it? How do we place uh, our expectations 
you know, around what life is, what motivates um, and animates different things in life. You know, what is the primary source of inspiration that makes things move forward in life? You know, these these are some of the things that we look for when we're questing the meaning, you know, of spirituality. And of course, how does it orientate us? You know, where does it where does it place us and where does it where does it place um, our values? Where does it place our longings and our expectations and our anticipations for what happens next? And how does it place us so we know where where to move next? You know, when once we recognize that there is something that lies beneath the surface and that there's a there's a depth to our experiences that go beyond mere appearances or physical experiences um, or appearances, you know, we begin to look for uh, an awareness of the presence of something deeper or something more motivating inside of the world, you know. And this is called by many different things, by many different gods, you know, um, by many different different paths. But um, what we're we're seeking to do is to facilitate some sort of uh, introduction with the mysteries that exist inside of our lives, and and kind of cultivate a healthy relationship with said mysteries, which will allow us, or willfully will stimulate some sort of uh, transformation and growth if we stay committed to certain practices that we might call spiritual practices or we might call religions. You know, uh, it oftentimes starts with a search for meaning and, you know, looking to cultivate being more intentional about what we do and uh, shaping our lives around the meanings of something that's deeper, right? And we live in a time now where people are spiritless, just to get straight to it, you know? And as a result, uh, they don't look for deeper meaning. You know, they don't go beyond the surface. They don't go beyond their their primary uh, wants or concerns or even um, lower chakra quest for survival or feeling of that need to survive. And this creates a greediness, you know, on so many different levels. It's, it's like the, the princess archetype, you know, um, we celebrate it so much through animation and different films and things like that. And there is a time for that, but then there's a time for the princess to become the queen. And sometimes it doesn't happen. You know, the princess uh, typically is one that it's not urged to to grow uh, from a psychological sense, from an emotional sense, from a you know from a um, spiritual sense. Instead, they're very greedy. They're very self-absorbed. You know, they constantly need to be serviced. They don't feel they necessarily have to um, make what's around them better because everything has to come in and service them. You know, this is a sign when you see people who have that sort of mentality. Um, where everything is about what they're doing, even if it's about their goal and what they're working on and their new projects. And, you know, there's no other kind of dialogue. There's no other kind of thought be beyond that. You know, you're dealing with the princess mentality, whether it's male or female, you know, 
So, uh, again, a sign of someone who's moving in a spiritless fashion, if you will. And then, you know, like we said uh, earlier, it's that creativity that we're, we're seeking. And the creativity becomes the chisel, the chisel that shapes um, our life here on the planet. You know, it, it becomes that capacity that we have to transcend beyond what's in front of us. You know, some may see a junkyard and and an artist sees, you know, implements to create three dimensional art. You know, or some may see an old oil drum that needs to be disposed of. Someone else sees a pan drum. You know, it it just goes on and on and, and, and on and on, you know, how we're able to shape ourselves and move beyond what our current position is. It's it's a form of spirituality. It's a form of alchemy to bring something into being that wasn't there before, you know, or to arrange something into a new sort of arrangement and into a new sort of formation um, that wasn't there before. And thereby creating a new being, if you will, like, again, let's take man, make them in our image. Let's take this canvas and let's paint a new picture on it. So it's no longer will be called just a canvas. It will be called a painting. You know, although it's the same thing that was there before, but we've arranged it differently. Let's take these notes and arrange it. Let's take these words and rearrange them this way. So now we're creating something that's special that may even go beyond the basic formation that nature has presented in front of us. And when we do that, we kind of create something that um, impacts our life. You know, it, it, it impacts our life because um, it's very similar to like Carl Jung when he spoke about the expressions of our of the human images. You know, that we all had these images that existed deep inside of us that represented um, certain compulsions, certain desires and feelings that we had. But they were represented by way of symbols. And, you know, these symbols and these images, they were clues as to figure out as to figuring out why we expressed ourselves outwardly or had certain urges that we may have had. So when we explore our creativity and we explore our artistic side, we get an opportunity to take these images, pull them out of our psyche and express them so that not only not only we can view them, but that others can also view them. And not only look at those images and those urges that are inside of us, but the way that we arrange them, the way that we express them. It may not always be so blatant, you know, as to I'm I'm seeing the color red. I'm going to create the color red somewhere. You know, it, it may be a bit different. I'm seeing the color red um, internally. So, you know, I make an image or I write a story about a violent event. Because that's how I interpret red as violence, right? Just, you know, just as an, an example, you know, so it, it is through our uh, learning to express the information that we've re- retained through our um, creativity that we allow this, this spring of imagination to overflow outside of us. And we begin to do something that's extremely important, especially in Western society. And that's we honor the intelligence of our creativity ourselves. You see, um, unfortunately, 
a lot of times we don't see things as truly being intelligent or valuable until outside sources tell us to. You know, even sometimes, sadly, when it comes to our creative expressions, you know, we'll ask ourselves, well, who would want to pay money for this? Or someone would say, well, what are you going to do with that? How are you going to make a living off of that? You know, and living itself is um, an act of taking in and sending out, you know. So when we put uh, a certain emphasis on things that can only be measured through social and external means, we begin to lose uh, some of the, the value that we would have in our within our own esteem um, because we're only putting stress on, um, let's say, with the American educational system, you know, would would emphasize, you know, the, the, the logical aspects, your your arithmetic, um, your lyrical or your linguistic abilities and all of these different things that are rooted in a certain kind of or a certain brain hemisphere that can be tested and can be quantified, um, but don't really speak to other intelligences like your, your kinesthetic intelligence, your um, your artistic intelligence, you know, like your musical intelligence, your, your visual intelligence in that sense, your spatial intelligence, your um, your capacity for understanding the natural world, you know, existential intelligence, your interpersonal intelligence, your intrapersonal intelligence, you know, all of these different faculties that we have and they help to shape and to allow us to expand and explore the spiritual aspects of our lives. You see, you're dancing, you know, in the poetry you love to write and the short stories you like to write and you're painting and you're drawing and you're singing and you're, you're playing of instruments and you're carving, you know, and you're sculpting and your, 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 your architectural ideas that that you have you know in your arts and craft you know when you're taking pits pieces of this and pieces of that and scraps of this or scraps of that and building things your paper mache mask we could go on and on you know uh these things allow us to express the power of our own inner gen or imagine you know or imagination and unfortunately i find that people again who have um who have handicapped their capacity for spiritizing typically have also paralyzed their capacity for imagination. And sometimes this comes through the intaking of too much media, um, digital games, things like that. All these different things that um, kind of um, encourage the escapism from life, right? That we cheer on. Yeah, sometimes I just need to get away. I'm going to go play this game. I'm going to go watch this, this show for an hour and a half and just escape for a moment. And we become very passive as a result. And when you become passive in that way, you lose the active nature of your imagination. And that's when that, that paralyzation begins to set in, which is a great tool for an oppressive society that seeks to keep you on a servant's level because it's better that the servant have little to no imagination and be very passive because then I can implant my own um, motivation towards staying busy. 
Don't slow down. Don't contemplate. You know, if you go on a retreat, go make sure you bring a bunch of speakers so you can blast music through the woods. When in fact, there's music all over. Don't bring your speaker. Don't look for, you know, don't bring your uh, your portable projector or whatever. Enjoy what's there. Look at the stars. There's a whole movie going on right above your head. Look at the clouds. Listen to the, you know, take a night hike. You know, all of these different things that what they begin to do is they begin to slow us down enough so that we can begin to contemplate on our spirituality. We can begin to contemplate on our um our creativity and we begin to draw up responses to it. You see, but when we're bombarded constantly by all of these different things, um, we don't really uh, have a time to go beyond our fears. You know, we. You look at the news and you look at um, social media, we're constantly being injected with these little quick sound bites. Like I spoke about recently, not being given context. We're constantly being injected with things that make us feel helpless. You know, this happened. This shooting happened. This massacre happened. This kidnapping happened. You see, this murder happened. This brutality happened. And you get these little bites that never show you context. We're never really given intelligent ways to say, well, this is how it possibly could have been avoided. So it keeps us in this this fight or flight response. And it keeps us feeling like we're not empowered to act upon the things that we think about. But our inevitable destination is ecological, social and political destructions. So as a result, what we may imagine in life becomes very, 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 very filtered down and narrow. It becomes very limited and it, it only revolves itself around what we need for our survival, not our spiritual survival, not our auric survival, but just for our physical survival. And that's a form of overall um, passivity. You see, so the the creative capacity that we have kind of gets chopped up, chopped up, done away with. And then we're passively um, marched or corralled into a very frenzied sort of of pace. So even when we get an opportunity to slow down, we bring the frenzy with us. You know, we got to produce more. We got all these productivity tools. You know, you got to climb <laughs> higher up the ladder. There's a glass ceiling. You got to break through the ceiling. You have to do all these things that um, are almost non-human um, that take you into this place of, of breathlessness, you know. And in doing all of that, you have to or you're not even told to. But what becomes our problem is where do we find space for ourselves? I just need a you know, we say things. I just need a moment for myself. Even when we go on vacations, we don't get a moment for ourselves. So what we have to do in that that time, instead of trying to find space, we have to be intentional and conscientious about our carving out space. You see, now that's where our spiritual practices come in, because the spiritual practice cultivates a relationship with what's not there, with with what's not formed. You see, and it's through your imagination, which is really, you know, it's a foundational human activity. That's why you see children. They exercise so much 
imagination and so much creativity and um, even a lot of in, um, intuitiveness and, you know, um, which is how we should be moving when our intuit intuition is on point. But uh, it's been so integrated by the world that um, we barely have the ability to remember what we ate a day or two before. And your intuition has to do with you being able to not only decide and project what your desires are going to be, but also to recall what happened before. You know, it, it's a capacity uh, for you to create a reality based on what's been and based on what you desire to be, you know, um, and that's all based in the matter that's invisible. <laughs> you know, it's, it's an unseen kind of um, clay on unseen substance, creative substance that you're working with. And when you become relentless about it, um, you're always finding different ways to relate the beauty of your potential to create reality, you know, um, inside of everything that you do. And of course, this requires imagination, you know, because that's imagination is where your creative creativity flows through. It's where it takes the unseen and it gives it a new form. And this is fueled by your freedom in the space that you create through spirituality. So your spirituality creates the space for your imagination now to flow. You see, and I have found that people who, again, are not creative are not spiritual and vice versa. You know, I've, I've worked with artists before, visual artists, um, where I've had certain things I wanted done. And I would say things like, well, you do what you feel. Let's see what you come up with. And they can't come up with anything because they, they have told me, well, you're more creative than I am. And I've said, well, I can't really draw or paint or anything like that. And they say, oh, but you have better ideas, though. You see, because they're not tapped in spiritually. Now they can they have the technical skill. They can trace. They can copy. They can take an idea and make it look like it's supposed to look, you know. But they don't have the ways where they can bring the creative beauty that exists around them and that richness that lies in our in our experience and bring that into fruition because the imagination hasn't been freed out of the heart because there's been no space made through the use of spirituality. Oftentimes you find people who are not artistically expressive and creative to be also people who are very arrogant. You know, they, they live above in their mind, you know, they live above and beyond the uh, spiritual practice. You see, so one of the ways that we have to or that we can kind of bring that creativity into being, you know, um, like I said, is is freeing the imagination, you know, um, and one of the ways we free the imagination is by being artistic. <laughs> you know, you might say, well, I'm not artistic. Do it anyway. Just do it even. Yeah, you're not, but do it right. Because eventually what begins to happen is that we become we be, we slowly develop a, a pride around what it is that we've created, regardless of its its um its consumer value. You know, and of course, when it comes to creative expression, we Western culture only values what can be sold. You know, it has to be produced as a commodity or there's really uh, no point in doing it. Or if you haven't been trained in doing this thing, there's no point in doing it. 
Right. But the whole part of pursuing any art, whatever it is, the, one of the, the main points is to discover, you know, art is a is a tool for discovery. You know, like if I paint or I draw this, I, I get to see, you know, my maybe my hand eye connection and how those, you know, express and, you know, my coordination and and how my focus is. What is my focus really like? Well, let me try to uh, draw a straight line. Let me try to uh, draw a box, a circle, you know, and let's see what my focus really is. And and through that therapeutic sort of process, there's liberation that comes, you know, and the beauty of it is it's accessible to any and everyone, you know. And like I said, it's more about the journey of what I'm discovering more than what the final product will look like. You see, I I draw and I paint all the time. I have easels and canvases all all around me, you know, at, at pretty much all my homes. Um, but I will tell you in the heartbeat, yeah, I'm not very good at it. <laughs> in fact, some of my drawings you can see in some of my videos, you know, I'm sitting sitting near things that I've drawn and stuff like that. Um, and I say I'm not good because what I picture in my mind usually does not translate on onto the canvas. But people have seen my stuff and say, oh, this looks good. This is nice. You drew this, you know, um, but I'm not drawing it as a. You know, for the for the the final product, I'm I I like to draw and I like to paint because I'm not very good at it. Because you know, I'm not looking for to focus on my technique or to focus on the quality, but more so um, the sim the symbolism of what I may want to express, or most importantly, the the healing aspect of it and how I can integrate my spirituality into that that journey as opposed to trying to integrate it into a product because our spirituality is primarily a journey of exploration. You know, it, it's spirit is synonymous with wind. It's spirit. It, it means breath. You know, when you look at uh, the Ruach, you know, it's the breath. So there's already a metaphorical understanding that when we deal with spirit, we're dealing with movement. There's, it's so inherently it already invokes sort of a, a, a sense of, of progress, a sense of movement, of a sense of something that's going to keep uh, unfolding, keep looking to discover new new things, if you will. Um, and of course, as breath and wind does, they integrate themselves into spaces. They integrate yourselves into your body and then eventually becoming a part of your full self. What's around you? You know, so those things that you may engage in, for meaning through your artistic, you know, work and stuff like that. It cultivates a, a relationship to the unknown. Um, but it also gives you a way of, of disciplining yourself through your storytelling and your sculpting and your acting and your dancing and your painting. And, you know, it, it, it gives you a way to kind of, um, secure a relationship with existential, ex existential themes and different mysteries and, and pathos that exist within the universe and it takes you beyond what may need to be a linear explanation. There's a, um, there's a great interview. Well, it, it's, um, it's not really a great interview, but it, it's, it's a great moment, um, with, um, John Michael Basquiat. And, um, 
he is or Jean Michel actually. I said Michael, but Michel Basquiat. And he's being interviewed by someone who is asking him to explain all of these different aspects um of his work. And you know, he's in, he's getting increasingly <laughs> annoyed with the individual who's who's asking him um these questions because he's saying, you know, well certain kind of artists you don't ask all these questions of. It's art. It's it it is what it is and it doesn't necessarily require um your 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 logic. It's you know when you're enjoying or you're exploring art, you're using the complexities of your intuition. You know to explore. You're not using reason or oh, this line went there because you had to go over there. I'm not sure if you're breaking down the mechanics of it, if you're seeking to break it down, but if you're truly appreciating it, and that's for anything, music as well. You know, for me, you know, as someone who's um, deeply appreciative of the art of music, I always have a challenge, not always, but sometimes listening to music, if it's not so mind-blowing that it takes me out of the place of a producer and a composer. Because most of the time, if I'm at a show or whatever, I'm listening to, you know, I'm looking at the equipment that's used for the front of house speakers. I'm looking at the equipment for the onstage speakers. What board are they mixing through? You know, uh, what kind of compressor they have the singer going through? They got auto tune going. You know, what kind of amps is the guitarist using? How are the amps mic'd up? What kind of mics are they using? You know, let's take a look at the drum. How did they mic the drums? Is there a mic on each individual? Uh, drum or did they use two overheads one on a kick one under the snare they have an under snare mic over snare mic that they mic the hi-hat so that they they allow the other the hi-hats to bleed into the other mics that they balance it out i'm going through everything where are the speakers placed let's i'm listening for the acoustics inside of the space right that's if the group is okay <laughs> or if they're just good let's put it that way if they're good if the group is amazing then I, I get to shift into that safe space as just a, a, a submissive listener who's able to explore new possibilities, possibilities of enjoyment in my own mind. And it, it, it established a, a, a more meditative space, um, where I can be held within that moment, you know? And, um, for me, it's rare because, you know, a lot of groups are just not that mind blowing, you know, like that. Um, but that's also because of my own agenda <laughs> that I come. So it's not necessarily the fall of the group. It's just the agenda that I come with. But it's always a beautiful thing when I can go listen to a show and the, and the group is so awesome. You know, I may go listen to like Pieces of a Dream or, um, Rochelle Farrell, you know, or, uh, like, a Layla Hathaway or, um, Mint Condition, you know, um, d different groups. You know, like that, where uh, Rush back in the days, you know, these are groups where you would listen and just forget that you could maybe do some of the things that they were doing because they just did it so well. You know, it just took you into a into an imagination uh, centered sort of experience. It sort of transfigured you just in that moment and what they were breathing or the spirit that they're giving forth. It becomes integrated inside of your body, integrated inside of your emotion. It even becomes integrated inside of your desire and your will. 
See, and that's what art does. That's what creativity does. Even when you express it yourself, you see, it, 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 it transcends your present reality and it gives you alternative ways to be, you know, um, not by through non-cognitive means, if you will, you see. And a lot of times that's neglected. And this is also the um, preparation that spirituality gives us. You know, when we're just learning in our incubation, even to the point where we become illuminated with certain information and then we're able to verify it, you know, it, it, there's a there's an inspiration that it calls to. It calls to the movement towards the finality of creating a certain self, if you will. But during that process, before we get there, there's like this rhythm of of um, receptivity and a rhythm of activity that are essential to the spiritual and the creative process. But it's, it at the same time is so enjoyable. You know, it's so nurturing when we start to learn our own creative rhythms throughout the year, throughout the month, throughout the day. And we start to make um, different ways to open up possibilities for spontaneity and playfulness. And that feeds the imagination even more. See, when we begin to make our own art, it um, stimulates our potential for wonder. It stimulates our potential for curiosity. You see, it stimulates our ability to get lost and absorbed in the moment, absorbed in the present, you know, and it, it becomes um, it becomes a vitalizing activity, if, if you will. You know, uh, when we're cultivating different ways of, of moving out into the world and then eventually that creative sense that you may have, it becomes your daily, you know. So that means the spirit, the spiritual stirrer. S-T-I-R, that staring, you know, um, that allows you to look beneath the surface, look for depth, um, develop healthier relationships with the unknown and really be more loving and intentional in the way that you do things. That becomes a, a daily reality for you. And, and it, it contributes to your, your nurturing and your creativity in that way, you see. So I wanted to share that relationship between creativity and spirituality with you all because um like i said there's a lot of people i i know unfortunately um who don't have a a spiritual way about them or a spiritual discernment and they don't have any creative outlets it's one of the first questions i usually ask people do you have any artistic expressions usually the answer is no or it's something oh well i used to do this and it's always going to be related, I found, to their capacity for spiritual balance, their spiritual rhythm, spiritual activity, spiritual knowing, and their openness to exploring new things. Their openness to nurturing and creativity is pretty much always going to be linked to their capacity for vitality and a desire for newness and to truly be alive and um, to mirror or reflect uh, those different qualities and contribute to the cultivation of meaning, you know, to their own lives. A lot of times it's just nothing going on inside, you know, and these these sort of people for people who are artistic, for people who are spiritual, sadly, they can be a bit um, dangerous to be around because um, they usually will try to feed off of your energy because they they're not generating any of it of their own in their own spiritual life. 
They're not birthing a capacity or a newer capacity based on their desires towards creativity and spirituality. So they sit around you, you know, um, you're going to do something creative. I'm going to go in the yard and do some type of arrangement or build something. Oh, I'm going to go watch. Maybe I don't want anybody watching me while I'm doing it. Maybe that's not necessarily the most comfortable thing while I'm trying to get into a zone where I'm in the moment. I don't want to be observed. You know, is this something that you could go do? <laughs> you know, and then we could talk about the cool things we did later. This is an important lesson in matehood. Very important lesson in matehood. Um, no one wants to come home to someone who has nothing to talk about. Or nothing interesting. And I mean really interesting that happened besides the, the price of bread going up, you know, or getting cut off in traffic or a complaint about your job. You know, um, when you're a creative person, those type of conversations zap your skill. They zap your creativity. You can't come from one place where you're doing creating and, and sculpting something that's so beautiful and amazing. And then go into the next room and have these really mundane and kind of trivial and trife dialogues and then go back to doing something amazing. It doesn't work that way. And sometimes people who are not spiritual, people who are not creative, they don't understand that part. And they may feel hurt and offended because, oh, why you don't why you don't call me? I called you. Why you didn't call me back? Because talking to you takes me out of my my creative space. It takes me out of my temple. You see, dealing with the things that you deal with, take me out of my temple and being in my temple is crucial. So I have to sacrifice that, you see, and plus, the more I'm searching for deeper meaning in the world the more I can see what really doesn't have much value. The surface is nowhere near as valuable as the depths. So I don't really have maybe the desire to sit and ruminate on that, which has no value with you for a half an hour on the phone or an hour, whatever it is, right. Or to go out and have dinner or lunch with you and um, have my creative energies app when I could be doing something that unfolds my, my capacity you know, for a creative process, something that it, that unfolds um, what I can usher in to the world through a sense of newness. You know, um, I'm willing to surrender to that thing, but not to this. So it's very important to think about, you know, when you're exploring relationships, uh, is the other person spiritual, even if they're not an artist, because spirituality is an art, as willfully you understood through the explanations today. Um are they exploring at least on that level, you know, because if not, they're surely never going to really honor your process. And that alone can be um, frustrating and heartbreaking at the same time. So make sure that you're uh, I would suggest you make sure that you're around people who practice the art of making. You see, who practice the art of spirituality and who are always seeking to bring their attention to the elements in life that nurture creativity and nurture spirituality, you see, as opposed to moving away from them. All right. So this has been Chief Yuya. This is a Chief Yuya podcast. And I want to thank you all um, for tuning in. And for you, our new folk will be at the retreat really soon. They're already talking about water balloon fights and <laughs> 
in kickball, something coming out of retirement for kickball or whatever. Uh, but I will be off in the woods, you know. So I'm gonna let I'm gonna let my um my membership enjoy themselves, you know, hitting each other with water balloons and super soakers while I go look at tree bark. <laughs> All right. So everyone, please definitely enjoy your day and uh, be well and be safe. Anulifeglobal.org is the um, ministry. Chief Yuya Music is where I'm at right now. I don't spend too much time on my other social media accounts. Not that I really did. I know. I know. But uh, that's where my energy is right now. And uh, like I said, be on the lookout. New book coming. Um, new class coming on sexual alchemy. Book is uh, on conscious sexuality. And of course, the EP Hard On is already on all your streaming platforms and Bandcamp as well. And it seems that you guys have been enjoying that one. So please do continue to enjoy and comment at will. All right. Until next time, be well, be safe, be loving. Peace. <laughs>